trying to get through this. I've got, I've got a lot of things I want to cover today, things that I'm really feeling strongly in my spirit. And I believe that the worship time this morning has set the stage for what I want to say. Now, most likely, most likely, I'm going to have to break this into uh, more than one lesson. And so, Brother Soundman, please be ready because I may jump to a different part of the lesson uh, somewhere here this morning uh, to try to wrap things up. And, um, but I'm going to try to cover as much as I can today if you'll continue to pray for me. Now, I'm going to do things a little differently this morning. Uh, I've got four verses of Scripture that I want to read as my text. And what's different about it is none of them are in the same chapter. And uh, three out of the four are in the same book. So that's not, as you know, my normal way of reading a text. But I'm going to be driving a point home to you. And so if you would open your Bibles to the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 2 is where we're going to start. And then we're going to be skipping through the book of Numbers and then moving to the book of Judges for our last verse of Scripture. Praise God. Amen. Numbers chapter 2 and verse number 9. Numbers 2 verse 9. All that were numbered in the camp of Judah. Now I want you to watch this, all right? All that were numbered in the camp of Judah. For those who are not familiar, Israel was divided into 12 tribes based on the 12 sons of Jacob. And, and so the tribe of Judah is now, which Judah was one of those 12 sons, and this tribe, the family that followed this lineage, uh, is being numbered and God is giving instruction to the children of Israel about what needs to happen when the spirit moves, when the cloud moves, the people are supposed to follow the leading of the cloud. They're supposed to follow the leading of the spirit. But God said, I don't want it to be a disorderly mess. I don't want chaos. We're going to do this in a very orderly fashion. And I want to tell you what the order is. When it's time to move, this is the order that I want you to follow in moving the camp. So he said, all that were numbered in the camp of Judah were in a hundred thousand and fourscore thousand and six thousand and four hundred throughout their armies. These shall first set forth. They are to be the first. All right, these shall first set forth. Then Numbers chapter 7, and now we're talking about bringing offerings for the tabernacle, uh, the dedication of the, the tabernacle in the wilderness, and God again is giving very specific orders that this is how I want this to happen. This is how I want these offerings to be brought. Again, I don't want chaos. I don't want everybody just doing it their own way and doing their own thing. I have a plan and a purpose. And this is what I want. Numbers chapter 7 verse 12. He that offered his offering the first day. Now they're going to go through 12 days of this. For the 12 tribes. 
But God said, on the first day, this is the way I want it to be. He that offered his offering the first day was Nashon, the son of Aminadab, of the tribe of Judah. So the first day's offering came from the tribe of Judah. Then Numbers chapter 10. Now we're talking about going to war. And here is God's instruction to the Israelites. Numbers chapter 10 and verse number 14. In the first place went the standard or the flag of the camp of the children of Judah according to their armies. And over his host was Nashon the son of Amminadab. So first to war. In each, each tribe had their own flag. They called it a standard. They had their own standard that they flew. And God said, the first flag that I want going to war, the first tribe that I want leading the way to battle is going to be of the children of Judah. Now moving to Judges chapter 20 and verse number 18. And this is an interesting setting of scripture because to really understand what's going on in Judges chapter 20, you've got you to kind of back up a little bit and, and read uh, through chapter 19 and find the story of the young Levite and his concubine being abused and him taking her and uh, find, he found her dead. He cut her into 12 pieces, sent her to the 12 tribes of Israel um, and the other tribes went to war against the tribe of Benjamin, but they lost every time they went. They went to fight and lost. They went to fight and lost. And they would go to God and say, are we supposed to fight or not? God says, yes, fight. And they'd go and lose. But when it came time for them to win, God gave specific instruction. We're gonna do this this way, Judges 20, verse 18. And the children of Israel arose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. Now, hopefully you've seen a bit of a pattern here whether it was simply moving out of the camp or it was bringing offerings to God or it was going to battle. God said, I want Judah first. And that's what I want to preach to you about for a little while this morning is Judah first. Judah first. Let's put our Bibles down. Let's pray together. Let's remember to pray for Brother Toby. And uh, let's ask the Lord to touch him along with the others we've prayed for already. But let's ask God to have his way in this service today, everybody. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I come to you today. I ask you, Master, that you would help me, that you would hear me, that you would use me today. I want to feed the flock of God, Lord, over which you've made me an overseer. 
I ask you, Lord, for your strength. I ask for the stamina that I need. I ask for the grace, oh God, to deliver the burden of my heart today. I can't do it by myself, God, and that I know. Lord, regardless of my physical condition, I can't do this without your help. And so I ask you, Master, for a special anointing to rest upon me today. Your word is already anointed, but anoint me. Anoint these lips. Touch your servant. I'm not worthy of it, God, but I ask for it today. And touch your people. Give them ears to hear what the Spirit says. In Jesus' name, could we praise him one more time, everybody? Let's praise the Lord together. Come on, let's really praise the Lord. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. For those who don't already realize it, let me say to you that if you make a study of God, one of the things that you are going to see about him is that he is extremely meticulous. Now that word meticulous means that he is given to minute details. God has never been a God that allowed things to just be willy-nilly. God's never been the kind that he just allowed anything and everything. But God has always been extremely specific in whatever he said to do. Praise God. He always has. If you don't think that's the case, I challenge you. Go back and read the instructions that he gave to Noah about building the ark. He told Noah exactly the size, exactly the height. He told him what kind of wood to use. He told him how to keep the thing waterproof. He gave him all kinds of instructions. How many windows, how many doors? Exactly how many of each kind of animal to bring on the ark. God gave every little detail. Look at the, at the tabernacle. We mentioned a few moments ago this tent uh, in the wilderness, uh, God did not allow them to just pitch a tent and do it however they wanted. But every piece of furnishing, God said, now this piece will be built this way. And you'll use wood, a specific kind of wood, and you'll overlay it with gold. Or this piece is going to be made out of one piece of gold beaten into shape. God gave them exact specific instructions for everything they were to do and he always had a purpose and a reason behind those details and so in each verse of our text I have pointed out to you how that God specifically ordered the tribe of Judah to be the first in whatever he was directing the Jews to do. Now, why would God do that? Listen, God had already established a principle that the firstborn was holy unto him. The firstborn was the one who generally got the most privileges. In fact, uh, the whole term, you've, you, you've heard people talk about Elisha saying, I want a double portion. That term double portion was a term that was applied to the firstborn son. Whatever you're going to give any other sons you had, the firstborn always got twice as much. That was his double portion. All right? It was just normal and natural under 
God's economy for the firstborn to get certain rights and privileges that nobody else got. And so why, why, when God starts giving order to Israel and he says whether it's following the cloud or it's bringing an offering or it's going to war, whatever it is you do, he didn't want the firstborn to lead. He wanted Judah. Judah of all of the 12 sons. Now, now, now look, you would think Reuben being the firstborn would have gotten that. Or maybe, maybe, because there was definitely a special touch on the life of Joseph. In fact, Joseph really is the one who received the double portion. I don't know if you realize that. But Joseph received the double portion that was supposed to go to Reuben. And, and here's why. When you read the 12 tribes of Israel, you never read about the tribe of Joseph. You know what you read about? The tribe of Manasseh and the tribe of Ephraim. Those were Joseph's sons. But they got the same share as Joseph's brothers. So Joseph, in effect, got twice what the other brothers got. Hallelujah. So you'd think that God would have chosen Manasseh or Ephraim to honor Joseph, who was very special in the eyes of God. God gave him dreams that he never gave to his brothers. God used Joseph to spare Israel. And he didn't use the others. Why wasn't it one of Joseph's sons that was to lead in these times? Judah not only was not the firstborn and he was not the favorite, but Judah himself was actually not all that noble. Joseph had some problems. I mean, I mean, Judah had some problems. Judah's two sons, his first two sons, were killed by God. I mean, they didn't, they didn't, just, they didn't just die of old age or fall over in a battle. God got mad at them and killed them. Both his first son and his second son. Obviously, Judah failed to put something in those boys. And then when it came to the third one, Judah said, well, God might just kill him too. So Judah refused to follow God's command with his third son. And then ended up sleeping with who he thought was a harlot. Now, look, Judah was not all that noble as an individual. And so I'm asking the question, why? Why would God put this honor upon Judah? and his descendants. Why would God give them the distinct honor of leading Israel, whether in fighting or simply moving forward or giving offerings to God? And in fact, not only was Judah to be first, but you know, it had been prophesied back in the Garden of Eden that there was gonna come one who would bruise the head of the serpent. And when God started speaking again about that one that would come, God said he's going to come through Judah. Look, look at Genesis 49 verse 10. Brother Hilton, read for me. Genesis 49 verse 10. I know I'm taking a little slow this morning. You're just going to have to bear with me, but, but uh, follow with me here. 
Genesis 49, verse 10. Listen to this. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a law. Now, 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 you understand the scepter. That is the possession of the king. The one who has authority. And, and here, Jacob, as he's giving his dying blessings to his 12 sons, he prophesies and says of Judah, there's going to be a king that will never lay down the scepter. And he's coming through Judah. He's not coming from Reuben. He's not coming from, from Manasseh. He's not coming from Ephraim. He's not coming from Dan. He's not coming from, from Levi. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. What? Nor a lawgiver. Nor a lawgiver. From between his from feet. Between his feet until Shiloh until come. Shiloh come. The word Shiloh means he whose right it is. Until that one who has the right to hold that scepter, that one that has the right to give that law, when he comes, he said, that's when all this is going to take place. And it's, and read unto on, him unto him, unto him, that one who has the right shall all the gathering of the people be. And here Jacob says, it's going to come through Judah. And in fact, it did. Revelation 5, verse 5. Listen, this is, this is what the, the New Testament says about that one who did come. Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. The lion of the tribe yes. of Judah. Judah. Now, God could have chosen any of those 12 tribes. And you would think, you would think it would have been Levi. Levi was the tribe that had the priesthood. Levi was the tribe that was able to attend to the tabernacle. You would think that the Messiah would come through Levi, but he didn't. God said, he's going to be from, from Judah. It's going to be from Judah that the scepter will not depart. It'll be from Judah that the lawgiver will come. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Messiah came through Judah. Now why? Why? Well, to understand why. As I said, you can't look at the life of Judah. You can't look at him as an individual and determine why God made this choice. You've got to go back to his birth. So I want you to go with me. This is Sunday morning. It is Bible study time. Open your Bible to Genesis 29. And you will hopefully remember the story of Jacob uh, running from his brother and finding his uncle. And there he meets Rachel and he, uh, he wants to marry Rachel. And he agrees with uh, his future father-in-law that he'll work for seven years to get Rachel as his wife. And then uh, when the wedding takes place, she's fully veiled and he doesn't realize until the next morning that he didn't get Rachel. He was given Leah. Leah's not the one he cared about. Leah was not the one he was attracted to. He wanted Rachel. And he went back and his father-in-law made some excuses for what he did. And I'll, I'll tell you what was really going on. Now, this is my opinion. I think, I think daddy was saying, this ugly girl's never going to get married. I'm going to pawn her off while I got the chance. 
Well, I, I mean, that, now look, that's, that's my opinion, all right, but uh, the Bible said that she was tender-eyed and uh, she, just, she just didn't have the looks her sister had. And, and, so, and so Laban said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of her and, and uh, we'll, 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 we'll deal with the consequences, but, but she's going to be married somehow. And, and uh, so, so when, when Jacob realized, he went back to Laban. Laban made his excuses and then uh, he said, work for me another seven years and and uh, you can have Rachel as well. But the thing of it was, though Leah was his wife, she was not loved by Jacob. And so Genesis 29, with that background, let's start reading with verse 31. And when the Lord saw the that Lord Leah was hated, saw, the Lord saw that Leah was hated. He opened her womb. He opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. But Rachel was barren. Read. And Leah conceived, Leah conceived and bare a son. And she bare a son. And she called his name she Reuben. She called his name Reuben. She said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction. Now therefore my now, husband will love me. Listen to this. Now therefore my husband will love me. So I've got a son and I name him Reuben. And I, I, I'm so glad that I've got this boy because now my son's going to love me because I gave him a boy. Well, let's read on. And she conceived again. She conceived again. Bear a son. Bear another son. Said, because the Lord has heard, the Lord that heard I, was hated, I was hated. He had therefore given me and this son. He's given son me also. this son also. She, and she called his name Simeon. Now, again, this is based on the fact that she was hated. She's still focusing on her husband. Yeah. All right, read on. And she conceived again. She conceived again. Bear a son. And bear a son. Said, now this time. Now my this time, my husband will be joined unto me. Because I have borne him three sons. I've borne sons. him three sons. Therefore was his name called Levi. And so she named him accordingly based on what she hoped would happen in the heart of her husband. Her focus this entire time has been on her husband. Now let's read on. And she conceived again. Verse 35, she conceived again. Bear a son. And she bare a son. She said, and now she said, now I praise the Lord. will I praise the Lord. Therefore, Therefore she, she called, called his, his name, name Judah, Judah and left bearing. She said, I've had three sons. It didn't change my husband's heart. Whatever he wants to think, he can think. But I've got a reason to praise God. I'm not going to worry about Jacob anymore. I'm going to start realizing that God has been good to me. I'm not going to name these boys based on what I expect out of Jacob's heart. I'm going to name this one on my attitude to God who's given me these babies. I'm going to name him Judah. Hallelujah. Because Judah means praise. Hallelujah. So she said, forget Jacob. I'm going to praise my God, I'm going to give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the thing that God looked at, I believe. Amen. When he began to choose, when God directed that if the cloud moves, the first thing that I want to move in following the cloud is praise. I want praise to follow that cloud. I want praise to go after that cloud. Before anything else goes, before anything else moves, I want praise to go first. 
if you're going to bring an offering to God I want the first offering to be an offering of praise I want praise to offer the first amen to me And if you're going to go to battle, if you're going to fight your enemy, I don't want your eyes focused on the enemy. I want your eyes focused on me. He said, I want you to send Judah first to the battle before you worry about trying to defeat the enemy. You ought to give God some praise. Praise must always go first. Oh, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. And as I said, when God determined which tribe the Messiah would come from, he didn't choose Dan or Levi or Reuben. He didn't pick any of the others, Benjamin or Manasseh or Ephraim or Issachar. He didn't choose any of them. But God said, when I send the Messiah, he's coming through praise. The deliverer is going to come through praise. He's going to be the lion of the tribe of praise hallelujah that's where salvation is gonna come because praise is his house Psalm 22 verse 3 read thou art holy thou art holy oh thou that oh thou that that word inhabitus means to live in that to dwell in oh you're holy oh you who lives in the praises of Israel listen to me church that's God's house I'm telling you it doesn't matter what's going on in your life I don't care how bad things look I'm telling you in the time of sorrow you ought to praise in the time of difficulty you ought to praise in the time of sickness you ought to praise it doesn't matter what's going on in life God wants Judah first Psalm 100 make a joyful noise unto the Lord make a joyful noise to the Lord all your lands serve the serve Lord, the Lord with, gladness. with gladness come before, come before his, his presence with singing know, know ye that, that the Lord, Lord he is God it is he, he who hath made us and not we ourselves we are his people and the sheep of his pasture now listen to this enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise be thankful unto him and bless his name when you come in you ought to come in praising it shouldn't take you 30 minutes to get warmed up to praise you ought to walk in the door you ought to come in the house with a praise on your lips god wants judah first hallelujah hallelujah Uh, you enter into his gates with thanksgiving you enter into his courts with praise don't let the devil lie to you and tell you you're not worthy to worship we worship him because he is great not because we are good 
Did you hear what I said? We worship him because he is great, not because we are good. It doesn't matter if we're good or not. He still deserves praise. It doesn't matter what's going on with us. He still deserves praise. Back, back up, Psalm 100, verse 4, and let's read on to verse 5. Listen, listen to the explanation that's given. Enter, Enter into his, his gates with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving and into his, his courts, courts with, with praise. praise. Be, Be thankful, thankful unto him and bless his, his name. name. Why? For the Lord is because good. Because the Lord is good. His mercy and his is mercy is everlasting. And his truth, and his truth endureth to all generations. To all generations. That's why we ought to come in here with praise. Not because you're good, but because he's good. Not because you've been perfect, but because he's merciful. Not because you've got problems, but because his truth will always be here. Oh, I wish I had the strength to run the aisles right now. I'm telling you, hallelujah, we need to bring praise first. We need to bring Judah first. God, forgive me for the times I've walked in and frowned and whined and cried. We got to come in this place bringing Judah first. Hallelujah. You say, preacher, I'm a sinner. My life's in a mess. I don't have a right to praise God. I beg to differ with you. I'm not telling you God overlooks sin. He doesn't. You're going to have to deal with that sin. We'll talk about that in a few minutes, Lord willing, if I can keep my strength up, praise God. But I'll tell you this, amen, that it doesn't matter if you're a sinner. It doesn't matter. There's one qualification given in the scripture for whether or not you have a right to praise God. Psalm 150 verse 6. Let everything. Let everything. Let everything. Let everything. Let everything. Let everything. Come on somebody. Everything. 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 That's the saint that's been living for God 20 years. That's the new convert that just prayed through. That's the sinner that just walks in off the street. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. If you're breathing, you've got a right to praise God. In fact, if you're breathing, you've got an obligation. Let's praise God together. Oh, come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. I got a lot more notes. I'll get to him in a minute, but let's praise God. Oh, 
Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Oh, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. You want to know why we felt what we felt this morning while we're singing? Not because we're the best singers, not because we're the most talented, not because we got the largest crowd, but I'll tell you why. Because there was a group of people here with their mind made up. I'm sending Judah first. I'm sending Judah first. It doesn't matter if it's a slow song, a fast song, or somewhere in between. I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to thank him. I'm going to worship him. I'm not going to let anybody intimidate me. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you there's a whole lot of our prayers that the reason they're not getting answered is because we're not sending Judah first. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 11. After this manner therefore pray ye. Jesus said this is how I want you to pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be Hallowed thy name. Be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come thy, thy will, will be done, be done on earth as it, as it is, is in heaven. heaven. And then he day. gets to give us this day our daily, our daily bread. bread. But listen, most of us just come running in, Jesus, I need this. Jesus, I want that. Jesus, would you fix this? Jesus, would you correct that? I'm telling you, Jesus said, if you really want to learn how to pray, do this. When you first come before God, hallowed be thy name. You're a great God. You're a heavenly Savior. You're a one wonderful king you've blessed me you've been good to me i'm telling you if you'll start out with praise send judah first i'm gonna tell you I don't have a lot of strength, but I'm at, I'm at full strength boldness right now. Praise God. You can sit there and whine about what you don't like. Sit there and moan about what's not right. And you'll never get one thing from God. And don't tell me that everything's right between you and God if you can't worship him. I'm telling you, God wants Judah first. God wants Judah first. Maybe if you'd praise him a little bit, you'd get out of that slump. Maybe if you'd praise him a little bit, he'd meet that financial need. Maybe if you'd praise him a little bit, he'd heal that sickness. Maybe if you'd push yourself a little bit harder and lift your voice to God, he'd reach down and pick you up out of those doldrums you're battling. God wants Judah first. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, sir. Oh, hallelujah. 
praise God. Young man, I don't know who you are, but God put you here this morning for a reason. Amen. I'm telling you, don't you ever lose that uninhibited worship you've got. Don't let anybody intimidate you. Don't let anybody try to make fun of you. You just worship God and let everybody else think what they want to. I'm telling you, God will use a worshiper. God will bless a worshiper. God will meet with a worshiper. You want to know why we've been seeing the things we've been seeing around here? You want to know why the miracles have been taking place? You want to know why people are receiving the Holy Ghost? I'm going to tell you why. Because somewhere along the road, we started worshiping again. We lifted our voices to God. Amen. We decided that nobody, Brother Jaheem, is going to stop us from having good church. And the only way to have good church is to worship. I don't want to lose anybody, but if they walk out, that's not going to stop me from worshiping. Are you hearing me today? It doesn't matter to me what goes on. God deserves my praise. God's worthy of my praise. Woo! Now, now, I got a whole lot. I got a whole lot. And I can tell you now, I don't have time. I don't have strength to go through. It's just not there. And so I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump, Brother Soundman, down towards the end, and Brother Bible Reader, down towards the end. I'm going to jump down to a passage of Scripture. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. And we'll do a part two, Lord willing, maybe next Sunday. But I want to tell you something. Whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you want from God, the key is send Judah first. Send Judah first. Jehoshaphat said, we're far outnumbered. He said, I don't see any way we can do it. And God said, I'll tell you what to do. You put the singers, the worshipers out front. And you won't even have to fight. And the Bible says they did exactly that. They got the singers and the musicians and put them out in front of the soldiers. And lo and behold, the enemy started killing one another. God brought victory to Israel for one reason. They sent Judah first. If you're needing victory in your situation today, I'm telling you, quit worrying about what somebody else is going to think. If they're going to mock you and make fun of you, God will deal with them just like he did David's wife. You quit worrying about what everybody else thinks. You just give God the praise you feel like giving him. You just worship God the way you feel like worshiping God. And let the rest of it be between them and God. Just send Judah first. Send Judah first. So you're here today without the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Go all the way down about the, I don't know, third or fourth scripture from the bottom, maybe a little further up than that. Acts chapter 2, verse number 37. Now, when oh, they, wait, Hang on, hang on. I'm not ready for you to read. I just want you to find it. <laughs> Elder Westberg used to say, don't racehorse me now. Don't racehorse me. Hallelujah. Now, now look, if you want the Holy Ghost today, God wants to give it to you. And he will give it to you. Amen. But God, again, is a very meticulous God. And there are things that God wants and God expects. You want to receive this glorious gift. There's some things God wants out of you. First of all, you need to repent. Now, read Acts chapter 2, verse 37 to 39. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked, they were pricked in, their, in heart, their heart and said unto Peter, Peter and the rest, and of, the the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, brethren what, what shall, shall we do? We do? Then Peter, said, then unto Peter them, said unto them, repent. Repent. Now listen, this is the first thing. Peter said, this is the first thing you've got to do. You've got to simply admit to God that you're a sinner. Admit to him you've got problems in your life and make up in your mind. Now, you can't do it by yourself. You can't change by yourself. But you're going to make up in your mind that with God's help, you're going to change. You're not going to keep being the same person. With the help of God, you're going to turn your back on the old sinful lifestyle. You can't do it on your own. But if God will help you, that's all you're saying. God, forgive me and help me to not keep being the way I am. You got to repent. And... And be baptized, be baptized every, every one of you, one of you in, the in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, for the remission of, sin. of sins. And ye shall, and ye shall receive the, Holy Ghost. the gift of the Holy Ghost for the for promise. The promise. Unto you. Listen to me. The promise is unto you. It's 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 unto you. There's no exception here. It's unto you. It's to your children. It's to all that the Lord, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You couldn't even be here today if God had not called you here. No man comes, amen, to God except the Spirit draw him. So believe it or not, the fact that you're sitting in this service means that God called you. And so if God's calling you, this gift is promised to you. First, you've got to repent. Second thing you've got to do, you've got to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Is that not on your page? I don't see it. It should have been right under Acts 2.38. It's not there. Oh, man, the guy that printed those messed up. All right. Yeah. Amen. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must. Did I not put it on the list of scriptures either, brother? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Write it off to my illness. All right. Give me, give me some grace here. All right. He that cometh to God, what? Got it? Verse 6. But without faith, yeah. it's impossible to please it's him. Impossible to please him. For he, he that, that cometh, cometh to, God. to God must believe. Wait, wait. He that cometh to God, what? Must. What? Must. What? Must. There's no exception there. He that cometh to God must, must 
believe that he is that he is and that he is a rewarder of that them. he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. seek him let me tell you you're going to have to have faith you've got to repent but you've also got to have faith yes, sir. can i tell you that in at least 90 percent of the cases probably i haven't sit down and figure it mathematically, but I would dare say at least 90% of the cases of people who don't seem to be able to receive the Holy Ghost, it's one of the first two things. Either they haven't fully repented or they don't really believe God will do it for them. They either struggle with repentance or they struggle with faith. Most of the time, it's one of those two things. Now, I don't know why you would think God won't do it. You have to believe that God's a rewarder, not of those that are perfect, and diligently seek him. But anybody. Not those that have, that, that have not committed certain sins. But anybody. That diligently seeks him. You got to believe God will reward you. Not because you deserve it. But because he's a rewarder when you diligently seek him. Because that's who he is. So you gotta have, you gotta have repentance, and you gotta have faith. And there is a third thing: if you have repented and you do believe it, and yet you still struggle, let me tell you the third thing: you gotta be sure and add if you want to receive the Holy Ghost. You gotta offer praise. I want us to go back to I think it was the first verse we read. Genesis 49, verse 10. The scepter shall not depart the from Judah. Shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Now, the prophecy was the lawgiver would come from Judah. The lawgiver. So, who is the lawgiver? Well, let's, again, we got to understand that was an Old Testament prophecy. We're going to go back to the Old Testament and find out about this lawgiver. I want to tell you that one of the things God said in the Old Testament, he had made a covenant with Israel, but he said, I'm going to write a new covenant. There's going to be a new contract I sign with the people that are going to be mine. It's not going to be like the Old Covenant. The Old Covenant was based upon the law of Moses, the Ten Commandments, God's morality. There was a list of do's and don'ts. That was the covenant. That was the contract. They would be God's people as long as they kept those do's and don'ts. God said, I'm writing up a new contract. It's going to be a little different. And here's what he says, Jeremiah 31, verses 31 to 33. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord. That I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah. And the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that not, I made with their fathers. Not like the covenant I made with their fathers. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. Not, not like that. Which my covenant they break. Which they broke that covenant. Although I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. Uh-huh. But this shall but be this the covenant. is the covenant. That I will make with the house I'm going of Israel. To make. After those days, days saith the Lord, saith the Lord, I will put my law I in will their put inward parts. My law, my law. Yes. We're talking about the lawgiver. Yes. The lawgiver came from Judah. Yes. He said, "I'm going to put my law in their 
inward parts and write it in and their write hearts. it in their hearts and will be their God and will be their God and they shall be my and people. they'll be my people hallelujah God said I'm going to give them a law it's not going to be written on tables of stone I'm going to write it on the fleshly tables of their heart do you know when that takes place that takes place when the Holy Ghost comes I want you to think about it he didn't call that the love ghost or the peace ghost or the joy ghost he called it the Holy Ghost. Why did he use that adjective? Why is it? Now it does bring love. It does bring joy. It does bring peace. But why did he call it the Holy Ghost? Because that spirit is given to us to help us live holy. So you know what the Holy Ghost is? The Holy Ghost is God's lawgiver to the children of God today. It's the Holy Ghost that starts teaching us right from wrong. It's the Holy Ghost that convicts us when we sin. It's the Holy Ghost that says, uh, 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 don't do that. Don't say that. Don't act like that. The Holy Ghost inside of us. Not a list of rules and regulations plastered on a wall somewhere. Amen. But the Holy Ghost on the inside is constantly giving us the law of God. Telling us what God loves and what God hates. The Holy Ghost is God's lawgiver. Now read Genesis 49 and 10 again. The scepter the shall scepter not depart from Judah. Shall not depart from where? Judah. From where? Judah. From where? Judah. From Judah. Read. Nor a lawgiver. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Whose feet? Judah. Whose feet? Judah. Whose feet? You want to know how the lawgiver comes? He comes through praise. He is born through praise. If you have repented of your sins and you've got faith in God, the next thing you need to do is give God praise. And I'm telling you, when you get lost in a spirit and an attitude of praise, the lawgiver will come. He'll come and fill your heart. He'll come, hallelujah, and give you what you're looking for to help you be what God wants you to be. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love God. Oh, let's love God. Come on. Anybody here want the gift of the Holy Ghost? Is there anybody here that's never been born of the Spirit? Amen. Let's everybody stand. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here? Amen. That's never been born of the Spirit. I want to tell you, God's ready to do it for you today. God wants to do it for you right now. These altars are open. Why don't you come? Let God give you the Holy Ghost. Let God fill you with that lawgiver. You say, I can't live like that, preacher. With the lawgiver on the inside, you can. With the lawgiver giver on the inside he'll teach you what to do he'll tell you how to act amen it's the lawgiver on the inside that makes the difference and it's going to be born through praise